But I don't even know if he was thinking martyr. I think he was thinking, like, he was going to beat these uh, Catholic soldiers outside the city just because God was on his side. Mm. <laughs> and now you got your wee-wee nailed to a door. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how Ding it goes. Ding-dong! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. I get all my protein from bedbugs. <laughs> that is disgusting. <laughs> hey, it works, and it's cheap as hell. <laughs> they just keep get multiplying. A, a cheap motel room and have at it. It's like a... <laughs> All-you-can-eat buffet. It's great. Right. Well, this podcast is not about that. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, we hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurs best to give a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is much harder to do, especially if you have, like, a freaking stomach acid problem like I do right now. Mm. Uh, but we're going to try anyway. So, James, uh, who do we have this week? We have John of Leiden and Antonio Boaz. Antonio Boaz is a made-up name. I'm just telling you. <clears throat> Tony Bowes, not a real guy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of made-up shit in this story. Ma oh, I mean, really? No, I'm sorry, that's not right. It is 100% true. Um, how many times <laughs> have I had to sit here... And listen to you say that shit to me. <laughs> How many times have we had to stop the recording so you can tell me, James, we're not a fictional podcast. <laughs> How long, oh lord. Too many to count. And I've learned nothing at all. <laughs> if there's one thing you can take away from this show, it's that you will learn nothing. <laughs> Uh, not like the other podcast I was listening to this uh, earlier this week, which is taught by actual history teachers. Oh, I was listening to that one too! Yeah, Cutting Class with It's Jeff so Joe. good. Yeah, super good. I, I recommend very highly the communist... Oh uh, my god. <laughs> yeah, the communist mummy episode. Oh, it's so good. It's hilarious. It's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, I was talking with them. I think they might uh, do something. Oh. Uh, do something with them. I'm not into foursomes. What? 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 <laughs> yeah, we, we Can should. You mark that for a beep. <laughs> what? What? Beep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Good girl. The other show I've been listening to, James, is called This Paranormal Life. Mm hmm. And they're, they have like the same energy as us, except it's about conspiracy theories and paranormal shit. Oh, shit. Sign yeah. me up. So, so if you want more, oh, we talk about Oh, damn it, we need people. them on the... Never mind, what? 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 I'm not giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> they would love this episode. Well, maybe this will be our call to them, <laughs> uh, to this paranormal <laughs> life. Hey, come be on our show because we talked about Tony Bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was listening to them. They, they, they have the same energy. They have sketches. Uh, mm. Or not sketches. They use music and sound effects and things, and it's it's really entertaining, so oh, I man. recommend them. Okay. If you're if you're getting a little itchy between We Talk About Dead People episodes. And that could just be the bed bugs. So That could just be the bed bugs. 
So, James, shall we head on down to the history lab? No. Shit. <laughs> well, what do you want to do instead? I'm kidding. Let's go. Two men. One, a renaissance man and Texan who desperately wanted his friend and co-host to answer his texts. The other, a world-renowned derp bike from Chicago. <laughs> Shit. <clears throat> the other, a world-renowned derp bike from Chicago who stood up and said, No. Join us as we venture into a land where James doesn't tell Aaron anything because it's gonna be a surprise, man. Just hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Are you I'm patronizing me? I'm tired of surprises. <laughs> <laughs> you love that shit. So, James, tell mm -hmm. me. Mm. If you had mm -hmm. to design a living space for a hundred people... <clears throat> yes. What would the pool be like? <laughs> the pool? The pool. In the living space. In the living space. Are we talking the gene pool of the hundred people? No, like or... the actual, the swimming pool. Oh, just the swimming pool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, it would be, uh, it would be a pool full of genes. Denim genes. So you just kind of like float there on top. Uh, belly flops give you a nasty burn. <laughs> And That's I would call disgusting. it the gene pool. <laughs> you know how creative you are? <laughs> Not. You should go to Hollywood. <laughs> the Gene Pool, starring Gene Hackman, Gene Wilder, Gene... Fuck, I don't know. So, Aaron. Yes. If you had to invade a, a pool with a hundred other people. Okay. How would this pool feel? That was not the question. Close, I close enough. I kept the nouns. <laughs> Just the little, pool would little feel... Verb, little verb <laughs> changeage. <laughs> the See, pool I'm... would feel, I don't know, like eating too many cookies or something. You just mm. like kind of roll in and you're like, oh, God. Dude, Sugar there's nothing worse flowing. than eating too many cookies. There is nothing worse. Almost nothing worse. Well, I can think worse. of a couple of things that are worse than eating too many cookies, but I'm not going to list them because we've already talked about them on this show. And we're a happy show. <laughs> we only talk about happy things. Happy things. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> All yeah. right. <clears throat> so, mm -hmm. uh, what's your guy's name? Antonio Bozio. Antonio Boas. Boas. <laughs> Boas. Boas. Uh, it's something like that. Whatever. The mm -hmm. computer will figure it out. Computer, please bring up John of Leiden and Tony Bowes! my lord. So tell me, Aaron. What is John of Leiden best known for? John of Leiden is best known for taking over a city and declaring himself a king. Ah, true American. Yes, and he was also a radical Anabaptist. Oh, <clears throat> shit. Okay. I don't know what that means, but... Yep. Well, we're gonna learn today. <laughs> perf. Yeah. Speaking Radical. of perf. Yes. What, um, what's his physical description? Ah, he looks kind of like Christopher Columbus with a beard. Oh, oh, I see. Yes, I've got a picture up there. Yes. Uh, and for those of us who are just listening and can't see our screens, uh, <clears throat> not the FBI, mm -hmm. uh, he's got a pancake-looking hat 
uh, and a totally gangster gold chain around his neck. Yeah, that's pretty dope. But it goes around a popped collar. Oh. So he's like the coolest motherfucker from the 15th century. Mm -hmm. uh, but he also has greedy hands and a stick. So. Well, who doesn't? Oh, right. <laughs> and who doesn't have their greedy hands on that stick? I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, All right, no. sorry, sorry. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> So what is your guy best known for? <laughs> oh, do you see the picture? I scrolled down to the picture. <laughs> yeah, okay, so Antonio Boas is best known for, shall we say, having an experience. Uh, okay. And that's all I'm gonna tell you, because you love surprises. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, I'm just looking at the photo. I'm not gonna do your job for you. <laughs> okay, but so it, my god. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll post this tomorrow. This is the only picture I could find of him. I think it's of him, but who knows? It's this. <laughs> it's this terrible black and white picture. It looks like he's being interrogated. <laughs> he's got these shifty, scared eyes. <laughs> He's got this atrocious little mustache. It's just... It's horrible. He's it's got a mustache between his eyes, too. Oh, he does? Yeah. It's, like, it's like Hawaii. Bonus it's just sitting mustache. there in the middle of the ocean of his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. I don't know. It looks he's like, he's he's like my, my beard is patchy, so I just decided to grow a mustache. Grows a mustache between his eyebrows, too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's patchy. Yeah, um, <laughs> all right. He's a guy. <laughs> he he is, is a guy. How old is he in this photo? I gotta wonder. He looks like he's twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess mid twenties, but that's okay. I have no idea. And again, I don't even know if this is a picture of him. <laughs> it's just the only picture well, that came up when I Google imaged his name. <laughs> <laughs> whoever, whoever he is, mm -hmm. he looks like that weird fucker at the homeschool groups. Oh, um, oh. Who, you know, and I'm not saying an individual. Like, this is a category of people. Oh, absolutely. Um, that that weird fucker who stands in the corner, when you approach him, he wants to talk about Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But he only wants to talk at you about Pokemon. Yeah. And he doesn't understand that your parents wouldn't let you watch Pokemon because it was, it was like, uh, satanic or something, so you can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But he's talking away, and he's like, I don't care. I'll, I'll totally educate you on all the lore that I know. <laughs> and you're like, please, yeah. just let me get away from this B.O.-smelling baboon of a person who mm. won't stop flapping his lips about Pokemon. Yeah. You know, I still have Pancho Villa's picture in here, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and compare the two. It's, it's yin and yang in a, a horrible uh, adaptation. Hey, you know, so, here, here, oh, go ahead. One second. Here's mm -hmm. something I noticed about Pancho Villa's photo mm. that I don't know if I mentioned on the episode. Mm -hmm. uh, it's edited. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's clearly edited to cut really? something so? out. I, well, if you look at it near the bottom, uh, it's been painted over. Oh. And the horse's legs are outlined and all that shit. So they were blocking something. I don't know what. <laughs> the bodies. <laughs> I was gonna say it might be bodies. Oh, we don't man. know. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But Again, we need anyway. those conspiracy chaps over here yep. to teach us a thing or two. Yes, because we don't yes. teach each other. No, we don't teach each no. other shit. There's nothing you can learn from this show, so just stop listening. <laughs> Unless you just want to screw your brain over. And, yeah. And then you yeah. found the right place. 
You know, James, there are people who actually give money to this show. Mm, <laughs> There's no, like you've 20, just made 17 25 separate of them. accounts. <laughs> There's like 25 of them. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? And some of them are joint accounts. It doesn't show exactly how many people, but about 25 people are giving to the show. And that is fucking awesome. It, that is fucking awesome. But there's one other thing that somebody did. What is that one other thing? They bought a mug. <laughs> oh. Yup. Did they really? They did. Who they bought a mug. What type of mug? Our mug uh, or just uh, any mug? Uh, well, our mug. <laughs> Not oh, okay. just any. I bought like five mugs last week, and I bought that one uh, with you the day before your wedding. Do you remember that? Oh, I do. And then I gave you a mug at our wedding. Yes, because that's what <laughs> weddings are all about. <laughs> Uh, and then you mugged me before you ran off with your wife. <laughs> uh, hey, I gotta pay for the honeymoon somehow. <laughs> Too bad you only had three dollars and a wad of gum. <laughs> but, I don't know, the bartering yeah, system so, works wonders. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a friend of mine and coworker bought a mug, and she was showing it to me, and I noticed that the print quality is not that great. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Which is, which is actually totally perfect, because that's the style <laughs> of our show. <laughs> Wow, so yeah, I'm not what changing a, shit. What a good <laughs> mascot. <laughs> Buy our shitty mug on Teespring. Yeah, if you want a cheaper mascot, just, you know, grab a wad of garbage out of the nearest dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be cheaper and just as accurate. <laughs> So yeah, if you buy a mug, take comfort. It's printed by possibly the worst mug printing company. <laughs> so bad. I sent them a transparent graphic. It's like super low res and around the handle there's like this weird this weird gray like Ugh. smear. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Primo mug making. <laughs> totally on theme that's got us written all over it <laughs> yeah exactly so i was about to apologize but i'm not gonna apologize. <laughs> just know what you're buying we want to be transparent yeah it's uh, a, it's a shit mug <laughs> <laughs> yeah perfect uh, but i love it uh so anyway <laughs> Uh, all right, so <clears throat> shall we move into John Van Leiden's or, or John of Leiden's early life? Mm, yeah. Oh, I, you... a quick quick story before that. Um, oh, yeah, sure. When we were talking about those weird homeschool kids. Um, yes. While in college, I hung out with a bunch of weird people. And one time this, this guy in my class, he, he started talking to me, and he, he clearly had no friends because he was one of those really awkward kids. I was like, sure, I'll be your friend. Well, that was a mistake, because very quickly he tried to explain how Magic the Gathering works. Oh, dear God. Oh, uh, I know. And every day out of, after class, he'd be like, James, you want to you wanna come and play Magic the Gathering with me? And I'd be like, no, it looks like you've gathered enough magic. <laughs> um, well, my brother anyways. just got into D&D. Your brother did? Yeah, and well, he really likes a, it. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons is great. And Magic yeah, the Gathering never... probably is too, but... No. Not told by this guy. So, actually, so eventually I broke down and I was like, sure, explain explain it to me. So we went off to the little computer lab and he started showing me oh, all God. these, like, records and data scripts and I don't even know what. And then he looks over and he's like, hey, do you want to have sex with my wife? What? And I was like, well, yeah, that's, that was my reaction. And I was like, no, I didn't know you, I didn't even know you're married. You look like you're 12. Um... 
That's not a true story. You're making this shit up. No, I'm not. That's a true story. And I, oh. I said no, and he's like, "Damn it, I would, I would be okay if you wanted to." I was like, "No, I don't want to." What the and, uh, fuck? And I never spoke to him again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> Can we talk about John of Leiden's early life? I, I thought I thought that was it. No. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> it, oh no. It actually may be. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Yeah. Do tell. Magic the Gathering is basically <laughs> John of Leiden's life. Uh huh. Magic the Gathering. That's perfect. Remind me of that joke halfway through, because I will forget. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually perfect. So, <clears throat> John of Leiden. Uh, was a man of many, many names. Oh, of all right, mm -hmm. including but not limited to John Van Leiden, which is why I keep calling him John Van Leiden. Mm -hmm. um, it's also Jan Van Leiden, but I'm saying John because I anglicize everything because uh, fuck Bohemia. I don't know. Yeah, well, and if it's Dutch, um, it's not much. Yeah, yeah, right. It's I don't know du if it's Dutch, Dutch, but the Van sounds. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's Dutch. <clears throat> okay. So anyway, uh, yeah, so. Hardcore History did an episode about this. Um, I don't think it's available anymore. Uh, but it was the first time I heard the story in great detail. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to go through the summary here. But if you want to hear this episode with all the gritty details, pay for Hardcore History's episode on this. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but um, it's not too far back. Magic to the Gathering. It. It's called Magic the Gathering. <laughs> So, like I was saying, John of Leiden had many names. Jan van Leiden, Jan Bukels, uh, mm. Jan Bukelzoon, John <laughs> Bockel, I, I know, John Bockeld, and uh, John Bockelson. <laughs> damn it, name, names just aren't as good as they used to be. I know, I'm like, damn it, my name isn't John Bockelson. <laughs> I want to be James Bukelzoon. <laughs> Sounds like I'm going to... I'm going to teach you how to learn the alphabet or something. <laughs> All right. Jan Bjorkolzun teaches you how to learn the alphabet. <laughs> now pay attention to Jan Bjorkolzun, mm. or he will steal your socks or something. <laughs> yeah. Like a mythological imp for stealing socks. <laughs> putting them on his ears and then, you know, just kind of casually, like, kidnapping children or something. But those aren't mythological. Those are just the Dutch. That's actually, yeah, all the Dutch are actually Jan Bukelzoon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so anyway, so Jan, John Bockelson, or John of Leiden, or Jan Bukelzoon, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> he was born in the Holy Roman Empire mm. in the county of Holland oh. in 1509. Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> Where he enjoyed the timeless... And joyful childhood life of basically not existing because sure, sure. it's the 1500s. We know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. um, we do know he was the bastard son of some mayor. Mm. Um, and he was born in the village of Zevenhoven and nice. grew up in poverty because he was a poor bastard. Yeah, right. <laughs> like literally a poor bastard. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so this was all in the midst of the Protestant Reformation. Mm. <clears throat> Right, and we talked about that on the Martin Luther episode, of course. If you want to go back and get a little background on that, check out Martin Luther. You will learn why Martin Luther is on the Reichsmark, okay? Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, I just discovered that the other day. I was in an antique shop, and there he was, right on the Reichsmark. Oh, yep. dear. Oh. Yep. Well, it's anyway, not a successful so antique shop raid unless you see Martin Luther in some form. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. 
So anyway, this is the Protestant Reformation, and all of Europe is experiencing revolts and revolutions Mm -hmm. of all kinds, largely because the religious structures were being revealed as corrupted, Mm -hmm. uh, they were challenged on said corruption, and so on and so forth. Uh, Like I said, we talked about this a lot in the Martin Luther episode. Yeah, we did. Now, at some point during his upbringing in Holland, John of Leiden became what's called an Anabaptist. Ooh. Tell me what that is. What's, yeah, I was going to say, what's an Anabaptist, you ask? Well, it's quite simple, really. Actually, no, it's not simple at all. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Protestant Reformation. It is not simple. Oh, God. So there's this guy, all right, named Melchior Hoffman. Another great name. uh, Who is an ex-furrier, not furry, he's an ex-furrier. So he may still be a furry, we really don't know. Sure, But anyway, so... He's an ex-furrier turned what's called a lay preacher, hmm. which means he has no, you know, like, theological training, no background in the church. He's just, like, a businessman who was like, hey, maybe I'll get into this whole religion business because oh, right now, yeah, yeah. Oh. <clears throat> but he, he gets so, he gets super into this whole Protestant thing and hates the Catholic Church and just loves Martin Luther. Sure. Uh, And he especially loves the way Martin Luther denounces all kinds of people all the time for their corruption and whatnot. Hey, that's okay. Um, So he loves it so much that he starts doing it too. Oh, (laughs) all right. Hey, that's good. I'm all for denouncing corruption. Right. But the difference between Melchior Hoffman and Martin Luther is that Martin Luther actually has a background in the church as a priest. Mm, True. uh, And more. And Melchior Hoffman is just a businessman who likes to yell. And an ex-furry. Right, and an ex-furry. Or, or maybe, maybe a furry. A furry. We still don't know. If Not he was a furry, what would he be that? dressed up as? I just want to know. I'm trying to paint this picture in my mind. He's a pilgrim fox, dumbass. Oh, right. Shit. Okay. Is this, a, this is only the second time we've talked about furries on this show, right? Unfortunately, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about They're furries. They're with more. us always. I wonder if there are any dead furries out there. I'm sure there are. We could cover somebody. Anyway, <clears throat> so one day, Melchior Hoffman, this businessman, just starts yelling about the Eucharist. Mm. And, one, oh, by the way, if you don't know what the Eucharist is, it's just communion. It's blood and, or wine and bread, and that's how people, Christians, celebrate things. But anyway, so one of the things that he yells about is that the Eucharist is not magic, right? Okay. The Roman yeah. Catholic Church believed that the U- believed and still believes that the Eucharist is, it, tran- they believe in a concept called transubstantiation, which is right. the wine and bread or actual body and blood of christ that sort of thing and um, then it turns it's wine and bread and then it turns into the actual body and blood of christ right right it adopts the the i'm fucking this up you know um but it adopts the, it doesn't like physically change in the to the blood and bread sure but it in like for all intents and purposes that's what it becomes i don't know how it works i'm a i've been a protestant my whole life i only know one catholic well, two Catholics. <laughs> Three Catholics. Uh, four Look Catholics. at me. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's what you could call the Pope, I think. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or me after I've eaten some bed bugs. I'm as wide mm-hmm. as the world. Yep. So anyway, he's yell- Melchior Hoffman's yelling about the Eucharist. Um, mm-hmm. And he's saying it's not even, it's not Jesus' blood, and it only serves the purpose of teaching people about Jesus. Sure. It has no, like, like, um, 
spiritual significance outside of like being symbolic, right? So that's a very Protestant thing to say. Very, very Protestant. But Luther, Martin Luther, is not cool with this because hmm. he still believes that there's something sacred about the bread and the wine. It's not that it's just symbolic, right? He's hey, like, there's something very sacred about wine, all right? I'll give him that. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, especially strawberry wine drunk as we play uh, some horror game made by a 12-year-old. Do you remember apartment. when I bought that $2 bottle of strawberry Zinfandel at a gas That's what station? I'm that is what I am talking about right now. That was Drink probably the, the lowest I've ever fallen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just up late playing a video game, and before I know it, that bottle of wine is just, poof, gone. <laughs> I was Amazing. flying through the stars. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what they put in that. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. We are. This is the longest paragraph we've ever done. So. Mm. Um. Anyway, so Melchior Hoffman is like now on the outs with the Protestants, even because sure. he's even like he's like too Protestant for the Protestants. Oh man. Right? Yeah. Uh. So he actually gets banished. Um, oh jeez. And has to go to a place called Strasbourg. Uh, where there's a whole bunch of revolutionary types waiting to radicalize, radicalize him even more. So this was like the city of outcasts. <laughs> yeah, this was like where people went when they weren't, they were too Protestant for the Protestants and weren't kind of on the run for right now. Oh man, yeah, that's good. Now, I just, I just want to say, there's a huge danger of me getting sucked into this. Yes. Uh, because as I was reading about the Protestant Reformation, I was like, whoa, this is like way more than just like, Oh, we're we're printing the Bible and showing it to people, and like now Christianity is fixed. It's like this major political uh, revolutionary event. Like Reformation doesn't even seem like the right word when you really dig into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is an absolutely batshit time in European history. Mm -hmm. Like, holy hell, man! If you want to read and read and read forever and ever, just start reading books about the history of different Protestant denominations. It's like nobody agrees on anything, and they're all trying to out-Protestant one another. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. It is just a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like we talked about uh, with uh, Matthew Hopkins last week, it devolves into witch hunts and shit like that. Mm -hmm. um, and the Puritans were like the end of the line for Protestantism. They were like, like, everyone was like, like, dude, you are so, so Protestant. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Um, but here at, here at the outset, the initial revolution, you might say, um, it's it's a little bit like the Mensheviks and the Bolsheviks. Hmm. Like, the Mensheviks we look at today and we're like, eh, you know, they were, they were, okay. Like, we, they weren't Bolsheviks, right? <laughs> right like, at right. least they weren't Bolsheviks. They were still um, Sheviks, but yeah. <laughs> better ones. <laughs> Where have all the good Mensheviks gone? Um, but, hmm. yeah, so... <clears throat> That's kind of how this looks to me when I look at these little Protestant sects. It's like there's some of them where it's like, all right, I get it, but some yeah. of you guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we're going to talk about the fucking crazy people because oh, that's good. what this show's all about. So then this other strange-ass thing happens. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, in 1521, three prophets arrive in the city of Wittenberg, which, right. if you'll remember, was where Martin Luther lived. Mm, mm -hmm. um, so they arrive. And they start preaching about the end of the world. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're... so it's... Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, they're all... there are always these prophets. It doesn't matter who we're covering on this show. It's always right. these apocalypse prophets. Right, right. And and they're, they're basically like, 
oh god, like the mass media, the printing press is gonna confuse people so much, you know, and it's gonna destroy the church and 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 destroy the government and everything is all mm. entangled and the world's just gonna end, like right um, now, like right now, baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and people start believing this because things look pretty bad. We've just mm. like. I mean, we're about to go into the outbreak of the German Peasants' War, which is just a whole nother fucking thing! <laughs> uh, which, it was a two-year conflict between the peasants and the aristocracy. Uh -huh. um, that ended with the deaths of, like, a hundred to three hundred peasants. I'm sorry, a hundred to three hundred thousand peasants. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Which also resulted in, guess what? What? Angrier peasants. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta kill them all. Come on. All right. Uh, don't stop. All right. So, <laughs> anyway, so this Melchior Hoffman guy, this mm -hmm. furrier, gets radicalized in uh, Strasbourg, like so many others, and goes about making converts. Oh, good. Um, this is at least one part of what's called the polygenesis of what's mm. known as Anabaptism. What, so, like, the beginning? Or the yeah, the poly polygenesis means we don't actually know where it came from. It seems like several people came up with the idea all at once sure. and then found each other. Okay, yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, so Anabaptism. Uh, and simply put, Anabaptists believed, uh, among many other wild things about the end of the world and shit mm -hmm. like that, um, they believed that there was no church that was <clears> legitimate, <throat> and therefore no baptisms were legitimate. Oh, man. So not even the Lutherans were Protestant enough. You know what I'm talking... Like, that's what right. I said. It's like... Um, the other Protestants, be yeah. The other Protestants are like, we're just gonna go start another church, and you know, maybe a couple civil wars in the process. But at the end of it, you know, we're still, we're still a church. Yeah. And the Anabaptists are like, nah. Yeah, you're not a real church. <laughs> oh, you're not real. We're the uh, real ones. Um, which of course is classic Protestantism. Dude, um, this remind, this also reminds me of just current political affiliations in America. Where oh really? Does it really? Yeah. Does it you're, really, James? You're never <laughs> as you're never as socialist as me, or you're never as you know you're not free woke markets enough. as me. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> who can be more woke? You know? <laughs> yep. Who can who can say fuck the system louder than me? <laughs> Nobody? Wow, yeah. I guess I'll start my own political movement. Woohoo! Mm. Yeah. Anyway, mm. so <clears throat> I don't like talking politics, but uh this is this is not just religion. This gets tied up all in politics, class, theology, oh, sure. yeah. Catholicism, Lutheranism. That's Anabaptism, buckaroo. Mm -hmm. It's just a fucking mess. Oh. But yeah, uh, I like that you brought that up, and I didn't have to say it because uh, it is so fucking familiar. And mm -hmm. we're gonna get there. So oh, hold God. on. All right. All right. If you if you don't think it can happen to you, it can happen to you because it happened to the Christians and the Protestants and the Catholics. Oh. And basically everybody else, but this is a this is a living, breathing example of what tribalistic, uh, what's the word, um, degeneration looks like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's why I love this story because it's a it's a it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> and like we talked about, with, or at least I talked about, you were supposed to be there, but you couldn't be unfortunately because I scheduled you all wrong. Um, like we yeah, talked about yeah. with Bryce, it's mm. something that's common to, like, religion, political movements, and something. It's like a weird plague that gets stuck in people's brains, mm. and then they just kill each other. So, <laughs> yeah. hey! Uh, yeah. <sighs> so, anyway. It's a mess, and we're gonna get there, buddy! Um, <laughs> oh, no. 
But anyway, all this chaos is not going to stop our boy, who is not actually our boy on this show, who is not going to stop Melchior Hoffman from spreading the good word. Uh-huh. And he converts a guy named John, or Jan, Jan Matisse. Mm-hmm. But it looks like John Mathis, so I'm probably just going to say John Mathis. Sure. Um, who's just some fucking baker from Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, uh, Harlem, Harlem with two A's, so it uh. might be Harlem. <laughs> Do you remember the Harlem anyway. Shake? Uh, God. Yeah. yeah, there's your depression. I just threw it back Simpl- over to you. Sim- simpler like a times. Hot <laughs> potato. Do the Harlem Shake. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, I don't know. All right. <clears throat> so, anyway, so this baker named John Matisse, or mm-hmm. John Mathis, whatever, uh, converts a tailor named John of Leiden. See, mm. I was bringing it back, mm. baby. Mm. I told you I was. Yeah. Full circle. We came back around. Yeah. Here, here's a badge of completion. Oh, thank you. You just whoa, shit! Your hand just came through my phone. <laughs> yep, there it is. Ding! All right. <laughs> oh shit, we're on the same frequency. All right, we so are. <clears throat> now we're back to John of Leiden. But there's also this other guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. There's this pastor, <laughs> actual pastor named Bernard Rothman. Hmm. Um, who's literally known for writing sick diss tracks against the Catholic Church. Okay. Um, and, like, so, yeah, he gets paired up with this guy, uh, another Bernard, a guy named Bernard Nipperdolling, um, <laughs> which is a fake name. It's a fake Dutch name. Yeah. Um, so he gets paired up with him, uh, who's basically just this wealthy bastard who pays to have these diss tracks distributed via parchment pamphlets. So we have this, this pastor, um, partnering up with this rich bastard. That's right. Okay. Uh, uh Good. <laughs> yes, and uh, they're basically like, at first they're like anti-Catholic shit, mm-hmm. but then it changes a little bit. And they eventually become what, I mean, and I'm just saying this, it's literally primitive communist propaganda. Interesting. Yeah, and, and I say primitive because it's still tied up in the in the milieu of Christianity. Right. Um, but it's still about communism. It really mm-hmm. is. Um, but not the communism of the, of that we think of today, right? It's just basic ass like communism. Everyone lives together and we share everything. It's like communalism in, in a way. Kinda, yeah. Sure. It, except it's also got like a power structure that makes sure everything is you know in place or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, of course. But anyway, so <clears throat> in the beginning, these pamphlets, these diss tracks, you might say, which is probably the closest modern equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning, they were just saying like, "Hey, isn't the Catholic Church kind of shitty?" And you know that was popular that in those days. So it's like, oh, "Yeah, it still is." I'll read this shit. Mm-hmm. Then you start to trust this publisher, Nipper Dolling, and you're like, "I'll just look for these every week," you know, right, whatever. Right. And then they evolved until they were basically saying, "Seize the means of production. It's in the Bible." Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> like hey. literally, yeah. they were saying they were saying in these pamphlets that the Bible was a communist document. You can um, do that. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can make that case. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it's still propaganda. It's being distributed to barely literate people. Mm. Um, usually they're having it read to them in groups and that sort of thing. One sure. person can read, so they read it out. Um, and everyone's going, oh, it's written down, so it must be true. Because it looks like legitimate printing, right? Right, yeah. Uh, well, and also, like, uh, only smart, wealthy people <laughs> can actually print things. So someone who it's- is smart and wealthy and powerful is saying this we should listen fucking exactly which oh, is yes yeah so this is all right all right because so, like here's the thing about media all right when it's uh-huh. new people believe it period like they just believe it's telling the truth like photograph photography there's a photograph of it it can't possibly be a lie right 
right? At first, and people still believe it today, but more and more the media is being like, you know, it's being it's being caught in its deceptions. Mm-hmm. So like just because something looks professionally done, nowadays people are kind of like, "Eh, I don't know. I'll wait until I see the wide angle." You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Um and we recently ran into a little bit of this fake news shit um with like careful editing and bullshit like that. Hmm. And I'm not talking about the one you think I'm talking about. I'm talking about a different one. Oh, right. um, but I'm, what I'm saying is like this is this is a picture of a new form of media being distributed amongst people who trust everything they read, which is mm-hmm. where that saying "Don't believe everything you read in books" comes from. Mm-hmm. Because at first it was like I can trust everything written in these books. Yeah, because it's a book, right? It's a book. It's yeah. like the Bible. It's it's yeah. got a hard cover and a spine. It looks legit. Mm-hmm. But uh, eventually, people started to realize this this shit was like. Yeah, but anyway, so we're talking about propaganda again, which is great. Oh yeah, it's um, what we come back to because we're propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this propaganda was saying that everyone was perfectly equal, mm-hmm. uh, had to be made equal too, um, that wealth had to be redistributed in an exactly equal manner. Yeah. Good. And it also called for the poor workers to rise up and join another revolt. Good. Uh, which, of course, seems like a bad idea because 300,000 people were killed last time. But Water you know. under the bridge. But this revolution is different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this time it's going to go great. Oh, you know? oh. We're going to get to the end and have perfect equality and the society is going to be perfect and no one will hmm. ever lie. And it'll be hmm. like, it'll be heaven on earth, you know? It'd be the mm-hmm. new socialist state, or as these people were calling it, the new Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's mm-hmm. the same shit, different day, different words, different names. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway, so their plan is that they're not going to take over all the land, all right? Yeah. Um, they're going to start with, you know, one city. Sure. And well, it's, it's a city. Hey, good for yeah. Them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right? It's it's like, you know, you got to bite off yourself. what you can chew. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. So they're like, they're like, hey, where should we go? And they're like, ah, well, let's go to a city that has a lot of Anabaptists in it already. Right. Um, so they, they find one, they find a city and that's already seeing like Anabaptists going there because it's highly religiously tolerant. This city, sure. okay. uh, it's like everybody can come Catholic, Protestant, Muslim. We don't care. Everybody's welcome. We all get along. All right. Mm-hmm. Great. And so to, to avoid persecution because the Anabaptists are like literally so counterculture, they can't get along with the Protestants or the Catholics during the Protestant reformation. Yeah. sounds like they pissed off everybody. <laughs> yeah. They're all kind of going to this city. Yeah. And the population is growing there. And it's a city mm-hmm. in Westphalia. Mm-hmm. It's a city called Munster. Mm-hmm. And that's where John of Leiden goes. Oh, there's our boy. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> John of Leiden is looking at all this shit, and something just kind of clicks. And he just asks himself, <clears throat> what's the best way I could use this perilous situation to get a bunch of free shit? Ooh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> His answer? Capitalize on this revolutionary talk. Ooh, At okay. least that's my take. Yeah. <laughs> uh, according to him, God told him in a prophecy that it was his job to create heaven on earth. Off to a great start. I know. So oh. it's like, it's a it's a tale as old as time. Uh-huh. We, this is what we should just call the Doppler effect, right? This is the Doppler yeah. effect right well, here. It's, yeah, it's, it's an aspect of the Doppler effect. Uh, Doppler effect D3, I believe. Oh, right. Uh, perfect. Yes. There, there's a, it's, it breaks down. It's very complicated. Anyway. Yes. So, all right. Uh, yeah. So he's he's planning to uh, create heaven on earth. At least that's what he says. Great. Right? So in 1533, when John of Leiden was 26, 
Uh, he sent a text to his buddy John Matisse and tells him what's up. Mm-hmm. And remember, John Matisse baptized John of Leiden at the end of Baptist faith, whatever. Sure. And uh, the two hatch a plan. Oh, good. And uh, when we come back, we'll be talking about John of Leiden's adult life and this master plan. Ooh, okay. Good cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta hold right. on. Gotta hold on for John of Leiden, baby. <laughs> well, we'll be back really soon, because I didn't write anything. Oh, shit. Okay. My dude, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's so fine. So lick your lips. You're going to be doing some more talking real soon. Okay. I tried to Go. make that as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> yeah, Oh, man, I, I was really hoping I'd get more reaction to my joke about, like, you wouldn't want to see this guy's lips say the word popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that would get more traction. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, when was that? That was, like, a couple weeks back. I don't remember who that was. I don't remember. Yeah. All right. But, oh, mm-hmm. So tell us about Tony Boaz's uh, early life. Uh, and Tony, Tony Boaz, Antonio Boaz was probably born... <laughs> In 1934, to a okay. farming family in southern Brazil. Oh, All right. Okay. You with me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. As Antonio grew up, he and his brother often did the farm work in the middle of the night in order to avoid the extreme temperatures and the humidity of Brazil. And apparently, this That's is a like a, nor- a normal thing. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's the rainforest. There's it's the humidity that gets you. So <laughs> they do all the farming at night. Makes right. sense. Yep. Yeah. That's all I have. <laughs> what? Yeah. You gotta have a hell of an adult life to justify <laughs> that shit. It gets you interesting real you fast. You couldn't even say, now remember, in 1933, Brazil was going through such and such. You couldn't even say that. It's just like, there was a guy named Tony Bowes mm-hmm. who grew up on a farm. And he farmed uh, in the middle of the night because yeah. it was so hot in Brazil that people farm in the middle of the night. All right, take it away, Aaron. Yep. There we go. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't see it. what the All problem right. is. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm not saying there's a problem. Don't Are, is there a problem? There's no problem. Do we need to take this outside? Uh, <laughs> I know you can't go outside because it's freezing cold up there, right? It's actually like 54 degrees. It's kind of nice oh, right shit. now. Oh shit! Damn it! Mm. You know? Okay. I saw uh, uh, an article the other day. It was on Reddit, I think. I saw mm-hmm. it somewhere, and it was like it's negative 50 in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um. I guarantee there is some tall white guy outside in a hoodie and shorts. <laughs> oh no. I immediately thought of you. <laughs> oh like, no, yeah, that's that's what I do. Always wearing yeah. shorts. <laughs> uh, so true story, the other day I was wearing jeans and I squatted and they just ripped right in half, like <laughs> right between the legs, just <laughs> and I was like, oh great, because now I mean the the problem was <laughs> Not that these jeans were ripped and I was showing my soft white underbelly. It was that now I only have one other pair of pants. Dude, Patreon was slow on the payments. Huh? Oh, and by the way, we need to we need to talk about that because uh, Patreon has announced that it might not be able to be viable for a long time. Oh. Because they were late on payments this month. Oh, dear. Uh, the whole corporation is like, yeah, shit, we didn't plan for this, uh, so we might die. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Well, we all and, die. And, if, all and if they die, we'll have to find another subscription service. I was trying to set up a tip jar this morning on mm-hmm. PayPal. Hmm. Um, so people who like the episode are like, ah, send them two bucks. I don't want to become a patron, though. Like, that might be cool. Um, yeah, that might be a little more freeing. 
that might be a little more freeing. You don't have to be a, like a big patron person, um, though we love our patrons, uh, mm-hmm. if you just want to send a couple bucks. But I'll get that set up some other time. Yeah. Right now, buy our shitty mug. <laughs> um, <laughs> contaminate the liquid that you put in there. Some like people might want paint. that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, hold yeah. on. There's a bug on my wall. Well, if you're in Missouri, it'll be an improvement in the drinking water. Die, Probably. bug. That's true. Yeah. All right, hey, so... I- what? I gotta yes. take a break. You wanna take a break? Uh, I gotta take a break. You and here's why. Double shot um, break? Well, here's why. I'm dying, and I don't oh. have a will written yet. Okay. So I gotta write that real quick, and then we will be back for you listeners. Okay. Be right back, everybody. Well, my will is written. Great! Do I get anything? You get an empty orange. That's perfect. How did you empty the orange? Well, gotta make orange juice somehow. But the peels are still good. You can can put them over your eyes and forget the world. (laughs) They last forever, too, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Way to be environmentally friendly, James. Reusing your orange peels. Yep. Mm. I lit the California fires. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> I have I have had more coffee so far in this episode than I've had on any recording ever, and I am so jacked up on caffeine, I feel awesome. <laughs> You're gonna crash I know, so gonna, hard. I can't wait. It's gonna be a good crash. Mm. Hopefully I'll get a nap in. Mm. 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 So anyway, I just want to double-check our audio stuff real quick. Okay, it still says Yeti, so we're good. Okay, All right. I've got Yeti on my end. All right, cool. Uh, keep Yeti on your end. Keep All your right. Yeti on your end. I always do. It's nice and he'll furry. Wa- <laughs> he'll watch your back, check your corners, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in, Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> Caffeine, everybody! Okay, oh, no. so... Uh, now that we have talked about Tony Bose's early life, which was nothing, <laughs> uh, let's let's get to John of, of Lydon's adult life, huh? All right. Yeah, yeah. do tell. So we left Jan van Leiden. Uh, he was getting his buddy John Matisse, Jan mm-hmm. Matisse, whatever, mm-hmm. involved in a plot to take over the city of Munster. Ugh. Now, I know I kind of briefly mentioned it before, but Munster is known for being a really tolerant city. Is this where the cheese comes from, too? Yes, it is. Oh, uh, yes! Yes, so uh, people of all different shapes and sizes live in Munster. All right, and mm-hmm. different religions, different backgrounds, cultural history, you know, all beliefs, right. everything. Yeah. Um, I hear there's even an atheist or two there and just sits in his room podcasting. He's like, fuck religion. Eating cheese, and, probably. Uh, yeah, and he would be right back then because it's the Protestant <laughs> Reformation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the city is receiving a bunch more Anabaptists who are fleeing persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were being persecuted by fucking everyone during oh, the Protestant yeah. Reformation because, oh. uh, you know, they were kind of assholes about the whole thing. Um, oh, telling oh. everybody they're not true Christians because they haven't done your special ritual, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so anyway. So as these Anabaptists are going to this super tolerant city of Munster, you guessed it, it becomes more Anabaptist. Uh, slowly the Catholics and the Protestants there are... What the fuck? Sorry, there's... I know you like me, James, but I'm come in on. the sewers right now, and... <laughs> are just... you in your living room again? 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> that, that was the mailman <laughs> talking to himself as they do. You're you have a dog mailman? Well, what kind of topsy turvy I mean, world do you live in? <laughs> I live in Illinois. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the Anabaptist population is increasing, mm-hmm. and it's outpacing the growth of Catholic and other Protestant sects. It, um, right. Isn't so, that interesting? How you can have this this tolerant fortress in a in a world of intolerance, and that just gives rise to. Per- intolerance we haven't even gotten there. I know, but I can see it coming. <laughs> I know this is this is classic uh, silent takeover kind of shit. Yeah, um, and I don't think it was coordinated or organized. I think it was just like suddenly they found themselves. Oh, we're the majority now. Uh, mm-hmm. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah. So anyway, as the mini- minority of tolerant snowflakes gets replaced by the majority of radicalized, very Protestant, communistic, and egalitarian hordes, <laughs> the town leadership starts to get a little worried. <laughs> right. Especially yeah. when the Anabaptists start running half naked through the streets, chanting uh. about revolution <laughs> and the arrival of the new Jerusalem. <laughs> this is my college experience. Yeah. So they're oh. like, I mean, this is this is this is bullshit. We heard about in the communist revolutions uh, that we covered. It's like suddenly people are just there and they're radicalized and they're like, hey, welcome to the new Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. And then they kick out all the town leadership. Uh You know, the ones who let them in. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So Jan Matisse is set up as the new town leader Mm -hmm. uh, and is recognized officially as uh, the Anabaptists and the new Jerusalem's holy prophet. So how does one become a holy prophet? You just say you are. Okay, well, uh, great. Yeah, so (laughs) in the fervor of this new religious movement, uh, Jan Matisse immediately expels all the Catholics. Mm. Mm. Oh, and everyone else who won't become an Anabaptist. Oh, God. And then he banned money and property. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, while you're at it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) let's just do it. Like, let's go full communist just like that. You gotta respect a guy for doing that. He's... He's all in. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> or all out, as we will see later. Oh, no. um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is a communist takeover under the guise of, I mean, it's like, we're going to bring in the glorious revolution and the new socialist state. He's just saying, New Jerusalem, baby. It's the same shit. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's Sugar Rock Candy Mountain or whatever from, mm. from uh, Orwell's Animal Farm. It's that. Right. Some guy comes in and says, we can bring in the new Jerusalem. And then, like, he comes, he just leaves, and everybody goes to hell. And then yeah. he comes back at the end. It's like, hello. Well, and the thing, <laughs> the thing about those that, those that wording, and you see this in today's politics, too, is mm. the wording is so nice and beautiful. If you dare to speak out against it, then <laughs> you're, wait, you're against the new Jerusalem? Yep. Wait, you're against the Patriot Act? You're not a Patriot? And it, it's just things like this. Oh, Get I hate out! It. Yeah, yeah. Just, they'd like to see you thrown out uh, mm. or killed. Thankfully, that doesn't happen very often. But mm-hmm. uh, in this case, it does. He expels everyone. Oh, God. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, ban money, ban property. It's it's communism. All right. So there's this guy. All right. And his name's mm-hmm. Franz von Voldeck. Good. All right. It's it Franz. Uh, and he's the prince bishop of several oh. cities in Westphalia. Oh, no. 
Uh, yeah, and he was, yeah, one of these cities is Munster, all right? And this is like mm. his baby. He's like, this is my tolerant city. I love this guy. He was the guy who made Munster as religiously tolerant as it was to begin with because he was sure. the prince bishop in charge, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, if you look at a picture of this guy, he's amazing. He's like wearing armor, carrying a sword, and also wearing a pope hat. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, whew, that's one of my also, fantasies. Yeah. He's also kind of fat, and he has a big mustache. Even like, better. He's like, he's like, you can just see him saying it, religious tolerance. You can just see him. <laughs> He uh -huh. saw the Protestant Reformation as maybe a good thing, right? The Catholic Church needed a little bit of shaking up, right? A little competition, like, yeah. Yeah, he knows. Uh, you know, he knows what he's about, but we don't know. In fact, we don't even know if that's true because historians don't know, like, what his whole thing was. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, no one knows. Point is, he was at first very tolerant of these Anabaptists because he was like, yeah, I'm, I see you guys getting picked on. Like, come on, come on to the yeah. city. And then oh. they kicked him the fuck out of his own town. Oh. oh. Yeah, because he was a Catholic. All right, oh. so now he's watching these Anabaptists take over his city and continue to expel everyone else who doesn't go along with their ideology. Good. Yeah. And he's just kicked back in his recliner, like, scanning the newspaper in his princely garb when the football game is interrupted by an emergency report from Westphalia News Network. <laughs> he hears even further news. <laughs> he didn't laugh as much as I wanted, but anyway. Oh. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So <laughs> There you go. Anyway, so he hears even further news that his tolerant city has been completely overrun by ideologues at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, the ones he had originally accepted into his city. And, you know, he's kind of like, that's the last straw. This this tolerance is not even being... My tolerance isn't being tolerated. This is intolerable. <laughs> right. And so Franz von Waldeck decks out his Franz and lays siege to the city of Munster. Oh, shit. All right. And the his Catholic own Church, city. <laughs> his own fucking city. Oh. And the Catholic Church is like, all right, we're going to send you some dudes. Uh, so they do. Um, as did foreign and local mercenaries. Um, they joined up and, you know, whatever. Well, who doesn't love a good Munster sacking? Right. All right. But that's not exactly how they're going to do it. All right. Uh -huh. So the short version of this is that they surrounded the city uh, and built fortifications around the entire goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, just a wall all around this city, trying, like, trying to keep in the contagion, you know? Right, yeah. Um, and uh, it's pretty freaky. There's, like, a dead zone in between these two walls. Oh, yeah. Uh, where if you try to get out, they kill you. Hmm. And nobody's trying to get in, and they do. They do do some sieging, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Well, yeah, and just a quick word about those dead zones. I mean, that's that's a a prime attribute of sieges all through history. Is there's that dead zone, and a lot of times, if you were in the city or even in the the camp of the attackers, and say you got sick, where are you going to be kicked into? The dead zone. Right. So you've got like all these lepers and other sick, contagious people. Uh, betrayed by both sides you're just in this middle of this no man's land there's fighting going all around you it's horrible and then sometimes if the city was running out of food they would kick out the the less wanted people out into the dead zone and then the attackers wouldn't want them because that's mouth, more mouths to feed it's right it's horrible <laughs> war right. is bad <laughs> yeah so here's the thing it's like as the anabaptists realize that they're being besieged and that there's you know, since they don't believe in money, they can't... I mean, okay, before the siege even happened, they don't believe in money, so they can't mm. trade. Mm -hmm. uh, they believe in common property, but they're in a city. Mm -hmm. And they can't grow food in a city. Oh, dear. 
So. Oh, no. <laughs> I see where Here's, this is going. You know where this is going. You know exactly uh. where this is going, because this is just communism 101, man. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <clears throat> inside the walls, John of Leiden and John Matisse are discussing what to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the answer comes, thank God, oh, good. when Matisse receives a prophecy from God oh, that no. it's his job to become like a second Gideon. Ooh. Um, who, if you don't know is a biblical character who defeated a large army with a vastly smaller one using optical illusions, Mm -hmm. uh, according to the story. He basically, like, surrounded the camp and lit up a bunch of torches and stuck them in the ground or whatever, and it made his army look a lot better, a lot bigger at night. Well, he smashed the jars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of jar smashing. A lot of jar smashing, yeah. I don't remember the story. I don't read the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so John Batiste jumps on a horse. And he's, like, mm-hmm. going to be the new Gideon. Gideon 2.0. Here we go. There we go. Jumps on a horse, buckles on his armor, and convinces 12 people to go with him on a heroic attack against Franz von Waldeck. I am right? so down. Yeah. And so they go out, and I'm and immediately, and I mean immediately, oh. these guys are eviscerated. Oh, no. <laughs> Quite literally. Uh <laughs> In full view of the Anabaptists inside, oh, who are watching no. their holy prophet sally forth, oh. Franz von Waldeck's men kill Jan Matisse and cut him up into little bits right there on the field. Oh no! In front of everybody, they're like, "You guys are, you guys are fucking crazy." And if you think this is gonna work, like, just look at what we did to this guy. Like, oh. you're fucked. Uh, So they do the obvious. They stick his head on a pike um, and then later nail his severed junk to the door of the city as a final fuck you to this to the Anabaptists. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, uh, this all happened in the April of 1534. No, real real quick. Yes. Just that you would you would rush out uh, like a madman with 12 other people. John Matthias, he really must have thought that he was a prophet or just had actual death wishes. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I would think he really did have a, like, he really believed he had a prophecy or prophetic vision or something. Yeah, because there's Um, no hope of getting out of there alive. Uh, I mean, I can uh, see it happening. I, I mean, that's, this is just, all this is is it's religious fervor. I mean, sure. And it's the same with, like, uh, with, like, uh, uh, how do I say this without being offensive? Oh, uh, shit. Um, okay, well, um. So, like, well, okay, I better not, I better not, I'm not going to say it like that. Mm. <laughs> All right, um, good. But basically, if you're ideologically possessed enough, um, uh-huh. you can get all of these illusions of grandeur, delusions of grandeur, uh, worked up in your brain, that you're, like, the last the last stand against the evil ones. And, mm-hmm. you know, you think you're you're so self-righteously correct about who you are. Yeah. Um, that you can you could work up something like, um, you know, like a belief that you were the one who had yeah, to do the, it. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, you, ha- you must be a martyr. There is no other option. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't even know if he was thinking martyr. I think he was thinking, like, he was going to beat these... Uh, Catholic soldiers outside the city just because God was on his side. Mm. And now you got your wee-wee nailed to a door. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how Ding it goes. Dong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh. 
So with, <laughs> with this junk being nailed to the door, inside the city, uh, uh-huh. John of Leiden and his people realize that shit's getting real. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but John also realizes that he is actually the natural successor to the now dead and pulverized John Matisse. <laughs> Um, so John of Leiden quickly realizes that the best way to demonstrate his abilities as a leader is to start receiving prophecies and visions from above. Mm, good. So he starts pretending to do all that, which isn't so different from Kim Il-sung. Oh. Uh, if you remember, he sort of like... Was it Kim Il-sung? Who am I getting fucked with here? I'm One of the Kims, think. right? One of the Kims. Mao, maybe. I mean, they're all right as though they had some divine right to... to take over power or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, in the power vacuum that existed afterward. Uh, yeah, so anyway, <clears throat> he starts pretending to receive visions from God, which gives him some kind of authority. Great. He also dresses up in fancy-ass clothes, so much for equity, and starts <laughs> parading himself around like the king of the planet. Oh. Um, he's calling himself the king of the New Jerusalem and the successor of David. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then he legalizes polygamy. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and married 16 wives. Of course. <laughs> and there's some, there's, some, uh, there's some dispute about this, but he also might have had a girl killed for refusing to marry him. Ooh. Um, it might have been that. It might have also been that she made fun of him for being poor um, <laughs> earlier. Either way, so, not great. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a complicated story, and a lot of people are sort of believe that it was like a counter-Anabaptist propaganda tactic afterward. Yeah, like, okay. Huh. Yeah, he killed a woman who wouldn't marry him. Mm, you don't mm. want to be an Anabaptist, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's more likely if it actually happened or if it didn't happen. <clears throat> sure. Oh, and by the way, uh-huh. a year passes. Oh, God. This is a city with no currency, no property, oh. no access to the outside. Remember, they're walled in. There's no trade, no crops. Guess what? The city's dying. I was going to say, what are they eating? Yeah, exactly. Turns out stealing everything from the class that provides everything and then banishing the class that provides everything causes you to run out of food. It's almost Mm. as if unlimited wealth doesn't exist anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, John of Leiden has taken everything he can Uh um, to get himself up like a king. He's done everything he can. Um, just like stolen things from like gold and silver from the rich people of Munster, okay. you know, curtains and shit. Um, he makes clothes that make him look like royalty. Oh. And his citizens are like, you know, they're starving. They're like, shit, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He's like, just stay loyal to me because salvation is coming on the morrow. Oh, wow. Um, the glorious revolution will be completed. Whatever. Jeez. Yeah. So it's classic. Stalinist shit. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just so. It's happened so many fucking times at this point, in my, you know, that in this show, that like it, it's like you see it and you're like, oh, uh oh, they said the word. They said the word no property. <laughs> they said the, they said the no money thing. They said complete equality for everybody. Uh oh. There's uh-oh. salvation again. Uh oh. Yeah. There's the new Jerusalem. Oh, oh, mm. oh dear. Oh, oh okay. No. Now they're killing people. Oh, and they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. It's a theme on the show. Uh, Anyway, so he tells his starving people that there's going to be an immense reward for their loyalty. And he's kind of counting on a new Anabaptist movement to come to the city and, like, you know, bolster their forces. Right. But it's like, even if they did come, they're not going to get in. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
So, John of Leiden is not completely incapable uh, as a oh. leader. Okay. At least once he defends the city with his zealous followers and defeats Franz von Waldeck's forces. Nice. And the women in the city had been working together to strengthen the city's walls and uh, just, like, putting stones in the places where the, you know, the stones need to be and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one woman, uh, or maybe girl, we actually are not sure how old she was, but it was probably pretty young, so maybe I'm going to guess, like, 15 or 16. Oh, dear. Um, I don't know. And her name is, I think it's Hilly or Hilla. Mm-hmm. Hilla Fiken, right? She mm-hmm. would later leave the city uh, and attempt to seduce and assassinate Franz von Waldeck. Oh, interesting. Um, she was modeling herself after a, a myth in which a woman does exactly that. I can't remember the the name of it, but hmm. um, seduces a guy, gets him drunk, and then like cuts off his head. And that's yeah. Anyway, well, is pla- did it like ahead. uh. Never mind. I'm thinking. Oh, I wanted to say, didn't like. I think her name's Deborah. Didn't she do that in the Old Testament? She or, let a guy into her tent and she pounded a stake through his head. You're uh, right. I, but that's I, not I the know. same story. She didn't compare yeah. herself to to, to Deborah okay. or whatever. Anyway, so this plan failed um, mm-hmm. because apparently she was not sexy enough for Franz Valdek. Oh man. Hmm. <laughs> or rather, Franz's Valdek. That's a joke I wrote. Oh She's no! Not sexy you wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed. Yeah. Anyway, kidding. so Just anyway, <laughs> that's dick joke number two. So we're a, we're doing pretty good. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, inside things are getting crazier. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Orgies are now a thing, uh, which uh, is of oh. course a traditional Christian value, <laughs> <laughs> at right. least according to John of Leiden. Mm. Uh, but get this: not everyone's okay with this. They're like, hey. Um, these orgies are getting like a little bit rapey too. Oh, like, not God. everyone wants to do this, and John's telling them. It's divine that you must do this. Like, oh. God said you must have an orgy. And, you know, they're like, nah. And they're like, you must do it. <laughs> it's just so messed up. Yeah, this is fucked up. But this is, this is these orgiastic, rapey little gangs, you know, appear mm. fucking everywhere. And, oh, God. Um, yeah, don't read the Gulag Archipelago unless you want to read about that. I'll tell you what. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so <clears throat> uh, let's see here. There's actually, where was I? Where was I? Oh, yeah. Again, like I said, not everyone's okay with this. Um, and there's actually a rebellion against within the Anabaptists. It's about uh, time. Yeah. They're like, hey, we don't want to be sleeping with everybody. Let's get rid of John of Leiden. Yeah. Um, so they well, try. You know what this comes down to is there's no private property, not even your own bodies. Right. Oh, exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly And this always right. happens with hardcore communism is... Oh, great. Yeah, first starvation and now massive amount of rape. Uh, great. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't recommend you go and listen to the actual interviews with uh, the women who were in the gulags. No. Uh, because it's worse than you think. Yeah. I'll just put it that way. It is worse than you think. You can't imagine it. I mean, you could probably imagine it, but it's worse than that. I mean, it's fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, but that's the kind of shit that goes on like this. People go crazy. They're starving. They're dying. They're like, oh, well... Mm. Might rape somebody, you know? Yeah. So anyway, the people are not happy. They're like, this ain't fucking working, and God is not in this, all right? Yeah, um, no. And so they rise up, and guess what? It fails. Um, yeah. And John of Leiden, guess what? Declares that he's now allowed to execute the people of Munster without trial. Oh, God. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that was coming. You knew it. I mean, yeah. you know, that's, that's the, uh, yeah, there you go. But mm. it's all over now. Uh, because John Lydon, John of Leiden has pissed off the wrong people so much 
that there comes to be a traitor in their midst. Go Good. figure. <laughs> Good. <laughs> the death of Stalin, baby. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so one night the gate is just kind of open. <laughs> Gates open. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and hundreds of von Valdeck's forces come storming in. Oh. And the Anabaptists fight back, but they're starved, surprised, and probably exhausted from all the culting they're doing. Yeah. Um, and 600 of them are killed in the streets mm. before surrender. Shit, sorry. Sorry. Before surrender is achieved. So they, they kill 600 oh, fucking yeah, people course. in the streets before they mm-hmm. give up. Yeah. And they find John of Leiden in a cellar. Um, <laughs> where he Which belongs. is classic. It's classic. Yeah. You, you hide in a hole. If he doesn't even have the balls to, you know, face his fears. That other guy who rode out had more yes. balls than he did. John Matisse had more, more, more balls. I mean, he yeah. Was, I mean, and now they're hanging on the door, but he still has more balls than <laughs> John of Leiden. <laughs> so yeah, that's what you do when you're you're an evil totalitarian asshole. Is at the end of your line when the gods descend and the bill comes for you, mm-hmm. you hide in an underground location with your Fritos and you just wait. <laughs> um, yeah, which I mean. Fucking Hitler, Saddam Hussein. I, I mean, know. <laughs> it's like, uh, go in the hole. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a hole right now, hiding. Oh. Well, they're coming for you, James. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit. Where are my Fritos? So anyway, they throw John of Leiden into prison for a few months, declare him guilty of uh, treason, bullshit, bullshit, communism, bullshit, mm-hmm. bullshit, a bunch of other shit, and then they're mm-hmm. like, all right, we're going to have to kill you, buddy. Um, yeah. And that's where we're going to leave him until we come back to talk about exactly that, his end and death. Well, that yep. was quite an adventure. Isn't it? It's huh. amazing. But it I'm is. still, yeah. I, got, I gotta know, I mean, do we want to have a discussion about it, or? Uh, sure. What do you think? Sure. I mean, yes. Because here, here's, here's just the fucking thing, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, you read this shit, and you're like, this, okay, this is like, this isn't even like, like officially branded communism it's not no it's like off-brand communism (laughs) (laughs) right it's uh yeah it's the original the original trilogy that no one knew about right but i mean (laughs) but it's also a tale as old as time i mean this kind of shit happens all the time uh and you could say well it's that dynastic cycle shit again Mm. you know the catholic church probably needed a kick in the pants right around that time yeah but it didn't need, like, a fucking boot up its ass, right? It was like... <laughs> right. And on right. top of it, you know, you, the boot you're using to deliver the kick, you know, the moment you kick, it splays out into a million different <laughs> different little pieces, so it's not really effective as a solid boot. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I mean, the divisions that happen in revolutionary uh, revolutionary groups like this are... Uh, it's so funny because the moment they start questioning the uh, the establishment uh, at the top or whatever, yeah, and they go, "Hey, actually, you know, free your mind. You actually don't have to go along with this, and you do." The temptation, I would say, the herd mentality, hmm. is something that swings people way too far. Mm-hmm. And even Martin Luther, you know, say what you want about him, was saying, "Hold up, <laughs> yeah, right, right, easy there, <laughs> yeah." Um, I don't know. Do you uh, have any further thoughts? Well, it's just interesting that this this nobody could so quickly become the cult leader. <laughs> um, right. 
It's that well, cult of personality again. A baker and a tailor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, people who are nobodies. I mean, it's hopeful. It's there, It puts a lot of hope in my stomach for you and me. Because we're <laughs> nobodies. We already right. have a... a a horde of radical <laughs> believers <laughs> behind us. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it we just have to matter. find a city named after a cheese. Yeah. Our Wikipedia uh... pages are going to say <laughs> <laughs> podcaster, revolutionary fighter, and dictator. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's actually what John Van Leiden's uh, uh, page said on Wikipedia when I was looking at it. It was, uh, was a tailor, revolutionary, and and dictator or something like that. In that order. <laughs> In that order. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like I read, uh, I, f- I found one that said, um, such and such is a, is a former factory worker, father of three, and convicted sex offender. <laughs> uh, I know, it, all, it just goes downhill so fast. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But anyway, so... Anyway, so, like, again, it's so funny to keep seeing the same pattern. Yeah. You know, no matter what. And uh, that's why it was so fun to talk to Bryce about it uh, on his morning. It must have been fun. Yeah. Home meeting or whatever. Yeah, I imagine Um, it was was fun. Yeah. We should do it again, talk about this. (laughs) Yeah, we should. I mean, I Uh, I never have, but. Yeah, well, I I should do it again. You should do it for the first time. (laughs) Yeah, no, you should. You should, because, yeah, it sounds fun. You really should. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I don't forgive you. All right. <laughs> Just bring me some cheese. City of cheese. and I'll City you. of Munster cheese. All right. Mm-hmm. Can we move on to Tony Bose's... Uh, I don't know. Adult life. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, no. Okay. Well, if, if we're ready, let's move on to Antonio Boaz's adult life. All right. <laughs> and if you'll remember... <laughs> From his early life, <laughs> uh, he and his brother—they are—they're farmers. Uh huh. <laughs> they're mid twenties, <laughs> and they work the fields at night often in order to avoid the heat. Oh, I forgot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yes. There was a lot in there. Just wanted to remind you. So, that's where we are. <laughs> okay. Two sentences in. Now here's the thing. Okay. What happens next is rather incredible and perhaps, perhaps unbelievable. Now, this is what we're going to do. Okay. <laughs> I could just tell you what happened to our boy Antonio, but, but that just that wouldn't do it for me or you or anyone. Okay. Because what happens next is filled with fear, mystery, intrigue, and a whole lot of weird. Okay. And in order to really capture what Antonio felt, why does the phone always ring? I don't know. It's the bullshit police calling. (laughs) (laughs) It is. So speaking of, uh, in order to really capture what Antonio felt, Mm -hmm. I think we need to act it out. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I worked this all out. Uh, so you listeners know, I haven't told Aaron anything as to what to expect. 
he hasn't even seen my script, even though we, of course, don't have a script. Right. Thus, thus, Aaron, you are completely oblivious to what's coming next, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Turns out our boy Antonio also did not know what to expect. Oh. So, Aaron... Put on your Brazilian farmer pants because you are going to play Antonio Boas. <laughs> Tony Boas, yeah, baby. Yep. So you you are fr- from henceforward, you are Antonio, the Brazilian farmer. You ready? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. going to play all of the other characters uh, and right. most importantly, the narrator of the story. <laughs> uh, so for you, the, uh, this is important for you, Aaron, and the listeners. When I speak in a tone like this, this is the narrator, not a not a character. This is the narrator. He will be moving along the story. All right. Do you okay? Or do you follow, Aaron? I, I think I get it. Okay, uh, Aaron, you're just gonna have to go <laughs> along with my prompts because all right, we're I'll, gonna live. We are going to live this story. You especially. <laughs> And I know you hate stupid shit like this, but I no, love it. And I love, I love it. doing this to you. <laughs> You're an asshole. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. Yep. Here we okay. go. All right. Chapter one. <laughs> the beginning. The year is 1957. The month is October. The day is the fifth. The time is nearly 11 o'clock at night. Antonio Boaz and his brother have just finished working the fields and are getting ready for bed. Well, Antonio, that was quite a day in the fields for me. How did your day go? That was the hardest day of work I've ever had. Tell me about it. (laughs) Is that voice okay? (laughs) Yes, well... you no. can change it. I have to be the narrator. Yes, you can oh, right. change the voice. I'm, I'm going to change, change it. Okay, find a voice <laughs> that fits. Yeah, see, I was out in the fields working. Yeah. Tony Bowes. Tony Bowes was out <laughs> in the field working. And I thought to myself, this is a really hard day of work. I'm really tired of putting down this hoe in, into the doit. And <laughs> I hate farming. I, I got to get out of here. I got to go to Chicago. <laughs> I have a flight to catch. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> yes, life was good here in Brazil, uh, despite what Antonio might lead you to believe. <laughs> He's actually enjoying being a farmer. <laughs> but life has a way of making your French toast limp. And Antonio's <laughs> life was about to change forever. Suddenly, Antonio looked out to see something in the farmyard that was super not normal at all. Antonio, what do you see? (laughs) Uh. This this is all. This is all you, Antonio. Come on, we have to immerse the listeners. (laughs) Uh. I'll correct you if you're wrong. Just shoot in the dark, (laughs) my friend. (laughs) Uh. Oi! What's all that out there? Looks like a plate of spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. But what you also see is that the entire corral is illuminated from some sort of strong light. And oh God, the light's moving closer. It's it's now shining directly at the house. Ah, Antonio, aren't you scared? 
I am so scared. <laughs> but then the light was gone, and all was still. Oh, dear. Time to fast forward a week into the future. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The date is October 14th, 1957. And Antonio and his brother are plowing their fields at 9.30 at night. When suddenly, the same light appeared as before, shining at the opposite end of the field. And, and the light, it's coming from the sky, from some sort of strange craft. <laughs> Antonio's brother was too scared to move. And what happened next will shock you. Oh, dear. Ah, uh, Antonio, my God, it's so scary. What, brother, what are you going to do? I'm going to get my gun. Well, first you should try to move toward the light. <laughs> All right. uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm walking there myself. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you just keep going. All right. You're getting closer. All right. All right. All right. But alas, every time that Antonio approached the light, the flying craft zipped away to a different side of the field, almost as if it was playing with him. After a few minutes of this, though, the light vanished from the air. The next Shit. night... <laughs> the next night, Antonio was again plowing his field. This time alone. That's important. Oh. And also at one o'clock in the morning. Mm. Then he noticed something strange. Antonio, what is that in the sky? Shit, looks like a looks like a space alien craft up there. Oh shit. Again. It, it might look like that, but it might also look like a red star. And it's getting closer and bigger and bigger almost if it's as if it's going to crash down onto your head. How are you feeling through all of this, Antonio? Shit, run, get the get the guns, protect the hogs. The space yes. aliens are coming to get us. <laughs> Forget the gun. Mama, <laughs> mama, get the gun. <laughs> no, no, no gun. No gun, no. No, just, um, you're in the field. Okay. <laughs> you're doing great, buddy. All right. So soon, the flying object was directly over Antonio's head, about 150 feet or so hovering in the air. And what does this flying ship look like, Antonio? Like a big red apple. Different kind of fruit. Think of it oh. as an egg. It looks like an egg. <laughs> the fruit of chickens. And it's a flying egg. And now this giant flying egg is shining a giant pink, pink egg light at you while you're sitting in your tractor. <laughs> <laughs> the engine's just running. All this happening. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. This guy. He's just sitting there leaning on the steering wheel. Huh. Wow. That, that's a big egg. I'll be shucked. <laughs> Antonio thought about running away, but now the ship had landed only a few feet in front of his tractor. And now, and now, and now, a door in the egg is opening. Oh, God. <laughs> And, oh, Heavenly Father, suddenly a small creature grabbed Antonio from behind! Oh, dear. <laughs> I have you now! Let me go, you little rascal. Aren't you gonna try and hit me or something? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Dobby. Whack! <laughs> yes! Antonio pushed the creature away, and he made a break for it. He jumped into his tractor to make the daring escape. But it was no use! The tractor was dead! No, no, there are little creatures all around him, and they're grabbing him, and they're carrying you off to their ship! We're gonna make you play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Wait, are you Antonio saying this or the creature? Oh, the alien. Okay. <laughs> Chapter two. <laughs> the ship. <laughs> when Antonio awoke, he found himself in a small metallic room with five of the little creatures restraining him. They soon took him to what appeared to be some sort of conference room with a table and a few small stools. Okay. And the creatures spoke to one another. <laughs> what? Speak Antonio. fucking English. What? <laughs> You're in Never mind. Antonio, <laughs> what do these strange creatures look like? Looks like a goddamn bat <laughs> with legs. Got a puffy little face. <laughs> <laughs> yes! And also he, that is you, later described these creatures as wearing gray skin divers outfits with metallic helmets, goggles, shoes like jester's shoes, and humanoid eyes that stretched around the sides of their head. Oh, so just like that dumbass character from uh, The Force Awakens. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Put it all together. Yep, all science fiction is the same. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then the creatures stopped talking. They had reached a decision, and then they started moving, and oh, God, Antonio, what are they doing to you? Uh, they're... They're giving me a cupcake. <laughs> yes, they did that, but they're also ripping off all of your clothing. Oh, dear God. You're naked, Antonio. <laughs> oh, God, now they're, they're smearing you in a strange, odorless goo. <laughs> oh, all oh. your whole body is in this goo. How do you feel? <laughs> Mobile. <laughs> Gooey. All right. Well, they're carrying you now. They're carrying you away. And they're taking you into this room with strange, squishy red letters above the door. Why is that important? I don't know, but it's in the description of the story. And what <laughs> terrors could be lurking in this room? Are then you the asking me? Left. Uh, well, not yet. I'm, I was oh, like okay. laying the groundwork. Yeah. I'm getting confused. <laughs> Some foreboding. Well, it's 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 a confusing story, but it's 100% true. Um, yeah. Okay. Then the creatures left, and a strange gas filled the room. Oh, no. And Antonio noticed two things about himself. Antonio, uh, what do you feel? Uh, two things. Come on. Do it. You got it. Just, okay. I'll correct you if you're wrong. Because... Uh, I, I, I feel like one of those giant pickles that they have on those 
those uh, in the giant jars and the restaurants that think they're really hip for having giant pickles in jars. Okay, that's and actually not far off. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. And I, I also feel like a, a sandwich going through a toaster oven. Oh, wow, you, you hit it on the nail. Yes, so what Antonio felt is, number one, like the giant pickles, he was super, super horny. Oh, God. <laughs> and he's, like, way hornier than most farmers usually are. Oh, Jesus. Like, an unnatural amount of horniness. And also, he felt really sick. Like, oh, super God. sick. In fact, like, you gotta throw up, like, like, right now. So, Antonio, please throw up. Well, just a little bit, but that'll do. <laughs> now, now that you're feeling, feeling this way, <laughs> <laughs> the door, the door slowly opens. Okay. Oh God. Antonio, what do you see standing in the door? A sexy Nordic alien. Have you heard this story before? I read this story when I was like 10. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay. Yes. No, I don't, know, I don't know what happens after that, but I've heard stories about people being forced to have sex with Nordic aliens all the time. Yeah, well. Tony Bo's gonna get some. Oh, you're exactly right. It's a beautiful <laughs> alien woman. She has long silver blonde hair, eyes that reach around the side of her face, high cheekbones, normal ears, and like a shit ton of freckles all over her body. <laughs> nice, uh, Tony Bose loves freckles. Yeah, also she's naked, and she's got bright red armpit and pubic hair like it's straight out of an adult version of a Dr. Seuss book. Sorry, I don't date French women. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, oh yeah, this time you are. So you <laughs> see, Antonio, you see where this is all going. We're gonna play checkers. <laughs> Oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, she's she's opening her mouth. She's about to speak. Hello, Antonio. <laughs> I hope you're feeling okay. But enough chitter-chatter. It's time for us to make a baby. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, Antonio. From your wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, so Antonio banged the female alien. Of course he did. <laughs> twice. Oh, Jesus. Because <laughs> the first time didn't work, apparently. Oh, man. And then she got up to leave. But before leaving, she turned around, rubbed her belly lovingly, and pointed up to the stars. And then she left. All right, so let me but, uh, get this straight. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a little, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just review here, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so yeah. Tony Bose is up yep. at one in the morning on his tractor. Yes, An correct. egg comes out of the sky. A giant egg, yes, that's yes, correct. Yes, some oversized Smurfs pick him up, bring him mm -hmm. into the spaceship. Mm, yes. Lube him up. Head yeah. to toe, after stripping him completely naked, Correct. walk him into a room with gas that makes him vomit, mm -hmm. uh, offer to him a Nordic alien female mm -hmm. to have sex with. Yes. He does it twice. No. Yeah. Because the first time didn't take, just showing how bad of a farmer he is. Can't find right. a seed properly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. And then she just fucking leaves and points to the sky like, uh... 
your child will be a child of the stars, Captain Kirk, or something. Yeah. And I, I want to I wanna put a little more description into this alien sex, because oh, no. who doesn't want to hear about this? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, the first time didn't work, because the aliens didn't speak English. I added that because it's fun, <laughs> but that's not what happened. They made that these strange, like, grunts and guttural sounds, Ugh. which he perceived as their language. So, despite having this this gas-filled room that gave him that giant pickle, he wasn't turned on by this alien goddess's guttural noises. So that's why the first time didn't work. And then they had to, like, you know, talk things over, uh, see a counselor. But the second time things worked, and then she left, pointed to the sky, and rubbed her belly. Like, some sort of weird game. Uh, Are you with me, Antonio? Uh, uh, <laughs> Tony Bowes is always with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this exercise is great, because it, it really puts you, Aaron, and the listeners in his shoes to see <laughs> the mystery and the intrigue <laughs> of such an adventure, right? I fucking hate you. <laughs> I know. I know we're not even done yet. We have to go to chapter three, all right? Oh, shit. Here we go. Here we go. We Here we go. Okay. Chapter three. <laughs> the return. <laughs> Our story is not complete just yet. Oh. Next, Antonio dressed himself and then was eventually led by the creatures to what seemed to be another conference room filled with more of these strange, smurf-like creatures. Ooh. And they were talking amongst themselves in their language. <laughs> Antonio! Antonio, this is absurd! This is the narrator speaking to you, but this is absurd! No one at home will ever believe that this happened to you! Quick! Think of something to do in order to prove that this that this happens to you. How will the people at home believe you? Think of something, man! Kidnap one of the aliens. You could do that, or you could <laughs> grab that strange clock-looking device on that table over there. Oh! Mm -hmm. So, grab the clock. Uh, like, okay, swipe. <laughs> hey, put the Cow clock back. Thunk. That was an alien talking to you. Wait, stop. No, stop eating. You're ruining the narrative. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the aliens, the aliens grab the clock and they, oh. they growl at you. Oh. Um, <laughs> and uh, your plan was, was foiled. So okay. now, drat, you still need proof. What will you do now, Antonio? Take a selfie. Yeah, okay, yes. Or you could try scraping the metallic wall in order to save the strange metal in between your fingernails. Oh, that's kind of clever, <laughs> actually. But shit! The metal wall is too smooth! <laughs> well, enough is enough. Pity. <laughs> enough is enough. The aliens are done speaking, and they're done with you. And okay. Antonio is sent down a ladder. Back to his field and tractor. Wow, what a day. <laughs> Antonio then returned home to go back to sleep and realized that this whole adventure that he had had taken about four hours. Any last thoughts about this adventure of yours, Antonio? 
did they give my fucking clothes back, or did I just, like, walk home naked? Uh, we'll, we'll say they gave you back, um, your t-shirt. You can oh, have that okay. back. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but your bottom half is just lubed up, probably covered in dirt right now, and <laughs> not a pretty sight. Not a oh, pretty Jesus. Sight. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's all I have for his adult life. It's a pretty <laughs> typical night for Tony Bowes. <laughs> yeah, just another night in Brazil, if you ask me. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, so having having learned all of this, <laughs> I forgot to imagine the picture from the beginning of the episode. <laughs> right, that right. That this guy was selected for interstellar... <laughs> Like procreation, yes. reproduction, whatever. Mm-hmm. He w- he was later uh, asked about this, like, well, why you? And he said something along the lines of, "Well, the aliens knew that I was a great steed." Really? That's he really said what something he's... something along those lines. Classic Tony. <laughs> which <laughs> which is hypocritical because the first time didn't really wasn't quite great. a steed, more of a more of a just a. Like a, oh God, I'm not going to use that analogy. Uh, you remember those sticky hands you could buy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. Flip yeah. them at the wall. They like stretch out. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what he was. That is disgusting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, should we should we return to something less factual? John of Leiden's end of death. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's. Let's turn to this anti-communist propaganda. Um, mm. That's what we're all about here. Anti-communist propaganda and uh, <laughs> alien sex. <laughs> which are Two kind things. of similar in a lot Two of ways. Two things that really matter. I mean, mm. mm-hmm. mm. uh, there are no podcasts about anti-communist propaganda and uh, alien sex. Well, we get that, it all here. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. is we, we put it together in this beautiful sandwich. And it's just so delicious. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> so, John of Leiden's end and death. Mm-hmm. And when we had left John of Leiden, the bill had arrived. Oh, no. Uh, for all his shitty behavior, perversion of Christian doctrine, etc., etc., he was sentenced to death. Right. Good. But not just any death. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is 1536. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's going to get what's coming to him. Okay, okay. Like, ten times over. Mm. So here's your trigger warning, boys. Mm. Uh, It's about to get a little painful. Mm. Right? Right. All right. So they could have just beheaded him and just been done with it. But remember, this is no small deal. All right? He took over a city. Yeah. Was executing people on a whim with no trial. Yeah. Banished every non-Anabaptist from the city. Mm -hmm. Uh possibly, like, worked with a young girl to convince her that she had to go out and try to assassinate a guy. Yeah. Uh, of course, resulting in her execution. Mm. Uh, and essentially tried to start uh, the beta version of communism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they can't... And plus, I mean, you got the whole Protestant Reformation going on right now. The Catholics might want to send a message... Yes, that too. Because, like, yeah, like, Martin Luther, like, they went after him, but they didn't, you know, he wasn't, like, he wasn't doing this kind of shit. And he was still, like, 
a little bit aligned with the church. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, in the sense that, like, I mean, he hated Catholics. Don't get me wrong, but he was he was still like, all right, there's there's Protestantism, and then there's going too fucking far. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, so he's a symbol of how it could end up for a lot of Protestant factions, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, like, it could end up in a polygamous, orgiastic cult that kills people, all right? Sign me up, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, or it could end, like, you know, basic-ass Protestantism, where it was like, we're just going to go do church on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, that's one thing. But actually killing people is another. So... They have to make an example of him, all right? <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, John Van Leiden, as well as the other, the two Bernards from the beginning, who helped spread oh. that revolutionary propaganda. Right. Uh, yeah, they survived and watched this whole thing happen. Mm. Uh, so they're, um, you know, they spread the, the propaganda that led to the trashing of an entire city. So it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're all strapped to poles uh, in oh. front of an audience, lined up mm. one, one after the other. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, all three at the same time, but, you know, next to each other. Mm. And they're put in spiked iron collars. Oh. Um, and uh, let's see. Yeah. So they're, they're tied up there. And the executioner then approaches each one of them with red hot tongs. Oh, no. And just tears away at their flesh. Ah. Now, this is extremely painful. But yeah. not especially deadly. Right. Right. Um, and it takes a goddamn long time for this to kill you. Oh. Furthermore, imagine mm. you're the last one in line. Oh. You gotta watch all this shit before it happens to you. Yeah, you're gonna lose your lunch. Yep. So Those Fritos are shooting back up. Those what? Those what? The Fritos. Oh, the Fritos. Right, because you were in the the hole. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, Bernard Nipperdalling, who is the last, or the next in line, not the last in line, understandably freaks the fuck out and tries to strangle himself to death by leaning into his collar. Oh. But they stop him from doing that, strap him to the pole, and do it anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after being, like, burned up with hot, red-hot tongs, tearing away at your, your skin and probably every part of you that's most sensitive, we'll just put it like that. Yeah. Uh, after being burned up, each of the victims of this brutal torture had their tongues torn out with tongs. Oh. Still alive. Oh. Huh. Yeah, it's not like they cut it out. They tore it out. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Not fun. Yeah. And you're all suffering, you're all torn away, you all have no tongues, and then they go down the line and they stab you with a flaming fucking knife straight through the heart. Finally, it's over. Uh, Jesus Christ, I wonder if it was worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no. Yeah, probably. Yeah, no. So they put the bodies in uh, cages, Mm -hmm. and then they hung them from a building. Hmm. Uh, and the bodies were in there for like 50 years before they took the cages down, repaired them, cleaned them out, and then put them back up. And they're still there today. Oh, wow. In Munster. <laughs> or Munster. Really? I think. I think it's in Munster, yeah. Huh. Yeah. We should uh, go see them. Yeah. <gasps> do you, wait, do you think Munster cheese is actually just... No. <laughs> Don't you dare. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> But it tastes, it tastes like that, all right? 
prefer certainly Swiss. smells like it. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, yeah. So yeah, communist revolt put down. So do they? Is there any like lasting legacy? Like, how are the Anabaptists kind of viewed today? I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I actually curious. did not look into that very deeply. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. From what I could tell, and this is gonna make me sound really fucking ignorant if I'm wrong, but I didn't see anything about them still being around. Okay. Yeah. Um, at least not in the form that they were. Um, right. But they might yeah. be. I mean, they I, could be. I've never met an Anabaptist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I've, I learned about this whole little adventure that they had while in Protestant Bible school. And it was like this embarrassment that the Protestant church had. Like, they, we, we kept trying to distance ourselves from John of Leiden. Yeah. Uh, because, obviously... You don't want to be a jod in a world of monsters. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to be a Bernard either, for what that's worth. Uh, you mm. don't want to be the guy who's who's giving the megaphone to crazy people. No. Um, and you don't want to be the people who listen to the megaphone for crazy people. True. Uh, so, yeah. Watch out for propaganda, everyone. That's a shout-out to our Scottish Propaganda and Magic Spells episode, which I changed the name of. I can't remember what I changed it to, though. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's a way back. It's a fake episode. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of our best, though. Do you think, as uh, as the host of a show that is pure propaganda, do you think we will meet the same fate as <laughs> John of Leiden? Yep, they're going to strap us to poles and tear our tongues out for being shitty podcasters. Well, at least your voice would finally sound better than it is. Shall we move on? <laughs> sure. <laughs> at least you could never do that uh, that alien goddess voice ever again. <laughs> no, that would still be there. They would leave oh, that for sh- you, and I would haunt you in this life and the next. But I already do, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall yeah. we move into Tony Bowes' end and death? Tony Moses and the Nath. I don't know why he's Italian. Because <laughs> he's Tony Bowes. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. All right. So, you heard Antonio's uh, story about being abducted by aliens, listeners. Yep. Aaron, you lived it. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. That's a rare, rare honor, sir. <laughs> you better very cherish rare. that. <laughs> well, now here's the thing. This whole thing sounds ridiculous, obviously, right? Right. right. And nobody knew that this story happened to Antonio until he reached out to a journalist ah. who just happened to be looking for good UFO stories. Right. Odd. Like you do. Still, though, there were some weird things, uh, some weird things going on. The journalist listened to Antonio, and eventually, through the years, doctors from the Brazilian School of Medicine, American UFO researchers, and even some Brazilian military guys all talked to Antonio. Damn. And in the months following Antonio's claimed kidnapping, his health quickly deteriorated. Apparently, he had pains all through his body, nausea, headaches, weight loss, burning sensations in his eyes, Deep cuts and bruises all over his body, and these oh. cuts often emitted a yellow, sticky, water-like substance. Ugh. And all of these symptoms uh, happened to be symptoms of advanced radiation poisoning and radiation sickness. Oh, damn. So weird. So who knows, right? This is, it's, it's odd. And his could be story- left over from the aliens, and it could also be the military being like, we have to kill this guy. 
Oh, that's true. That's true. I never thought about Beam that. Beam radiation directly at his little house. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because they can do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. With flashlights. <laughs> or torches, if you're from the UK. Uh, the UK doesn't exist, so there. That's true. Yeah. Antonio, he, he eventually recovered from these symptoms, though. Uh, he lived for quite a while thereafter. Uh, he later became a lawyer, got married, and had several kids. He died recently, kind of, in 1991, aged about 56 or so. And through his entire life, he maintained that his story was 100% true. Uh, he never changed the details, because often people who say they've been, you know, abducted by aliens, the story changes a bit here and there to, based on who they're telling or what uh-huh. time they're telling it. His story never changed, apparently. Uh, and, he, of course, this whole thing is super controversial, but here's why it's important in history. Uh, Antonio Boaz's alien abduction was really the first abduction story during the whole... Well, it kind of sparked the whole UFO craze thing that the mm-hmm. that America went through in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And it's also different because he wasn't some bored middle-class American. He was a farmer in southern Brazil. Right. So uh, UFO supporters use that as, like, evidence that, no, this happened. This this was, like, a guy you wouldn't expect. Um, is right. it true? Is it not? I don't know. You decide. Do you believe in aliens, James? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Yes. <laughs> you heard the story of that awkward homeschooler who tried to teach me Magic the Gathering earlier. You believe in aliens? <laughs> yeah, I, I've lived with them. I've interacted with them. We've come full circle. Yeah. Yeah, do you? <laughs> yeah, that Nordic woman comes in. There's just this this crouching, like, huddled up little guy behind it going, Do you want to have sex with my wife? Who? <laughs> 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 oh. True story. Ooh, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, well, <laughs> I love that. All right. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. it's time to head to the surface. Ooh, should we head to the surface or should we head to the stars? Oh, oh, damn. Yeah. Let's head to the stars. Let's oh, do it. Oh, let's, let's do it. Let's go back to our space station that we forgot about. <laughs> yeah, that we kind of rode out of the narrative. But it's still there. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Zoom. Well, first we have to go up to the surface. Oh, right. Let's just go. Let's just take the rocket in the rocket pad down here. We'll just open up the missile silo. Go out that way. Is that a rocket pad down here? Or are you just excited to... S- Never mind. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> we'll we just close the show. Just, we've just mark it. we've run out of steam. Nine. Ignition sequence start. Six. Man, this is a bumpier ride than I remember. Well, that's because you're sitting on a bunch of marbles. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> So, James, when we get to the space station, what are you mm-hmm. going to do for the rest of the day? Uh, yeah, easy question. Well, we're going to we're gonna dock our spaceship, and I'm actually talking about a spaceship, all right? Ah, That's yes. all we're docking. Uh, okay. We're going to get into the, the space, uh, space station, and then uh, I'm going to 
I'm going to ask you to follow me. I'm giving away my whole evil plan, but since you forget everything, you'll forget this plan. And uh, I will open the airlock so you get sucked out into oblivion. And um, I can just, I can own We Talk About Dead People myself. I don't have to share it anymore. <laughs> like some some bohemian or Bavarian peasant yep. sharing all his property with a bunch of Anabaptist commies. Yep. I can I can own things like my future. Yeah. What are you going to do? Just twirling around in space. Well, I plan on getting sucked out into space. Mhm. Mm Good. Uh, That's the plan. Getting beamed up into an alien spaceship. Oh uh, shit. Achieving the honor of having a hot Nordic girlfriend. Oh, and okay. I'll bring her back to the space station. Ah, god damn it! And, I, and I'll give her clothes, so you're not, you know, that's just, that's not gonna be a thing. You don't have to worry about, like, compromising your marriage or anything. I'll dress her up, don't worry. And then we'll come <laughs> back, and I'll just, I'll just parade her around in front of you, and I'll be like, yeah, we don't really believe in marriage. Uh, we're never gonna have any kids, and we plan on traveling the rest of our lives together. We'll, like, get a boat. Then I'll just shoot you. <laughs> I'm just gonna shoot you. Right in your forehead. Right between the peepers. Just bang. That's fine. It'll blow off the mustache that I decided to grow up there. <laughs> Inspired by Tony Bowes. Oh, <laughs> what a guy. Well, uh, that was... I, I'm glad we're, we're in agreement here on, on yep. the future of the day. All right. So, <laughs> I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. Feel free, listeners, to send all your hate tweets to WTADP podcast. Uh, that's on Twitter. You can also talk to us on Facebook. We'll read everything. I believe us, we will. And we'll just nod right along. If you hate us, you are probably right. If you like us, though, please consider funding the show by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. As long as Patreon lasts. <laughs> Anyway, that's patreon.com slash we talk about dead people. 50 bucks, 20 bucks, even as little as a dollar, as much as it costs to buy a ticket to space, <laughs> uh, helps tremendously. Our cover art was created by the extremely gifted Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration with, uh, you can view all of, uh, more of his phenomenal work at www.ipattersonillustration.com. Man, I am really fucking this up. Anyway. You are. See, this, are you scared? You're scared that I'm going to shoot you. Uh, I'm a little scared. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, that's Okay. That's normal. That's normal for a person <laughs> who's two heads shorter than you. <laughs> With all that being said, we'll close out and let the sounds of Tony Bowes play you out. During the Protestant Reformation... A group known as the Anabaptists took over the city of Munster. Many died. There was harsh resistance. But one man, Jan Matisse, decided to ride out to face the enemy once and for all. Boys, well, put on your saddles and your armor because it's time to fight the bad guys. Are you ready? Uh, there's only 12 of us, sir. 
Yeah, well, if you remember in the Bible, Jesus only had 12 followers, and look what he did with so few a number. So saddle up, partners, it's time to ride. All right, we're... Get ready, everybody, here we go. Open the gate, please! All right, folks, here we go. Once for honor, twice for cheese, and three times for my green beans! Tally-ho! Giddy up, horses! Here we go! All right, hold up, everybody. Hold up, hold up. Oh, all right. Just let him go. Oh. We're gonna sit this one out, boys. Oh, good. God, he looks so stupid. Yeah, uh, he is our prophet, but damn. He's not gonna live through this thing, is he? Nah, nah, I'm calling it, uh-uh, nope. not, oh shit, oh my god, oh, oh Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ.